You're listening to the Local Open Mic Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Heath, and today we talk with Lorraine Barron. Lorraine, a bilingual university professor, has been doing music for only four years now since retiring. During her four years as a musical artist, Lorraine has already been a part of a collaborative team that won a German hip-hop award. No, not a contest, a genuine national award in Germany. She brought four songs with her today for us to listen to and get their backstory. And hey, the story behind the hip-hop award is truly next-level engagement stuff. It's a must-hear story. Stay with us as we hear about Lorraine Barron's musical journey. Lorraine, how are you doing? We're speaking with Lorraine Barron now. Tim, thank you for having me. How cool is it to be invited to the local open mic podcast? Well, I like to think it's really cool, okay? <laughs> yeah, I know what cool looks like, too. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, you came on my radar from a news broadcast. Uh, actually, uh, my wife was looking through uh, something and came across a Czech 5, that's a, uh, a TV station in Victoria, B.C., a piece that they did on you and how you won. You were part of a team that won an award in a German hip-hop. It, it wasn't a contest, was it? It was just a, what, standard award-type season? Yeah, like music awards. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So their version of a hip-hop award slash Grammy award slash whatever it is. Sure. <laughs> yeah, why not, right? And uh, every country's right. probably got, got to have something that they name them. Yeah, Germany has quite a few different types of awards, but this is some, uh, yeah, this one was for sound production, and it was, uh, yeah, hip-hop. Good, good. For the listeners, I want to alert you, we will listen to that towards the end of our interview. We have other songs, however, that Lorraine has brought us that is in her catalog. Are these all newer songs that you've done, or is there some history to some of these songs? You don't well, have to talk about them yet. All of my yet. songs Just... are new. <laughs> no, I know. But technically, all of my songs are new because I've only been a musician for four years. So how new? They're all new, technically. Sure. Yes, I um, get But yeah, that. they're yeah. also these these, these particular four songs that, that you probably will play are uh, more folksy, kind of singer-songwriting songs, and they are on a new album. So in that sense, they're new, too. And what, new is, the, again. what is the name of that new album, just so we get that out of the way? And, oh, thank you. The new album is called Lorraine, <laughs> which is my name. And the self-titled album. <laughs> Self-titled. That's Lorraine. Elle chante. She sings. So it's the same words in French and in English. And it's a bilingual album. So that's why it's called Lorraine. Elle chante. She sings. And how many um, songs do you have of each language on there? I have four songs in French and four songs in English. And it's the same four songs. Yes, yes. Wonderful. That's great. Lorraine, you've had a busy year this year, despite the um, outbreak of the virus and all the measures that Canada is taking to uh, help flatten the curve. Tell us about your year and everything that's happened. Anything you think is important for us to know? Well, I think in some ways the, the COVID situation has given us opportunities to sort of be creative and learn new things um, and enjoy the company of loved ones. And yeah, so writing music and uh, having it mixed and mastered is, is kind of something we can all do from home and remotely and together. And um, yeah, so it, it didn't really stop me much um, <laughs> over the last year. Of course, I did some work with... Um, Gunner Nanook for about 
uh, I've been working with him for maybe two years. And so he's in Germany and that's the hip hop music that we were talking about. And then I've also had my, uh, those four songs mixed and mastered by a local um, sound engineer whose name is Dennis Tuga, who's out of Toronto. And uh, yeah, so very busy. No, no gigs because there's just it's a gigless time right now, but that's okay. Lots of internet stuff. So now on your songs, do you also have uh, videos associated with each of those songs at this point? I do. Well, I'll tell you what. When we get to those songs, you can tell us all about that. Okay. Okay. So what else consumed your time this year? Definitely trying to stay fit and exercise and be outside in our beautiful West Coast nature. Even though it rains, it's still beautiful here. So happy to take advantage of that. Let's talk (laughs) about your first song, You Echo in My Heart. Tell us about that. You Echo in My Heart has kind of a theme of echo. And um, because the heart beats, and so there's the echo, the beating, and you'll hear it in the song. You'll hear some echo and some harmonies that are sort of rhythmic. And it's a song about what um, musicians have to sacrifice when they go out on the road and how they miss the people in their lives, their loved ones. You echo in my heart. Another show, another mile. Another day without your smile I feel my heart without a song I need you here to carry on Without you on this road My memories unfold Replaying You echo in my heart You're never far away No need to be afraid We're just a beat apart You echo in my heart A silence ringing in my ear, a sound that I don't want to hear. You said goodbye again last night. Another rider, another flight. Without you on this road, my memory. You 
Wonderful song. Thank you. So the guy who who mixed it, Dennis Tuga, he's a, he's a Juno Award winning uh, sound engineer. So it was pretty cool to get to work with him. And because he knows a lot of people, um, he actually uh, hooked me up with some awesome musicians. So you'll hear the bass in that is played by Pete Lesperance, who's uh, also out of Toronto, who's a member of the band Harem Scarum amazing guitarist you'll hear his guitars throughout this album just a brilliant musician and and dennis is uh really just a great mentor uh great person to work with yeah and you hear the echo at the end echo 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 <laughs> yeah i like when people use those sort of creative devices to emphasize certain parts of songs in french it's called au battement de nos cœurs and it means to the rhythm of our heartbeats. When you translate a song, it's it's tricky because you want to sort of keep the meaning, but it doesn't literally always mean the exact same thing. And of course, with French, the French language, it, it, there are so many more syllables when you speak French words that you need more words to explain things. So it's like extra tricky, but um, the songs are really quite beautiful in French as well. So it's kind of fun. Because I'm from Ottawa, Ottawa is the capital of Canada, right? So it's not the capital of Ontario, but it is the capital of Canada, and it's a very bilingual um, city. And so I'm kind of lucky because I was born into a French-Canadian family, and um, and I lived in sort of an English neighborhood. So I learned um, French and English um, as a child, and at home we spoke French, and I went to school in French until... 11th grade in in Ottawa and then moved to British Columbia in grade 12 so but I always spoke both languages fairly easily living in British Columbia you don't get many opportunities to speak French of course no you don't so I taught French immersion a couple of times and I use it when I can uh, it's important to me and this album because it's a bilingual album which is also I think pretty unusual. I've dedicated it to my French Canadian great grandmothers and great 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 grandmothers, and because I'm totally interested in my ancestry as well, it's another hobby I have. So okay, so in the last uh, four years, you got your music career going. Um, did you always have a a love of music, or is that something more later in life for you? I think I always had a love of music, but I just didn't have the time for it or didn't make the time for it uh well when you're a high school teacher um it's very time consuming and um, i just gave everything i had to what i did and uh, it mattered to me it was privileged to work with young adults in high school and i was happy to give them my hundred percent so now i have my own time and i can get back into doing more creative stuff. Not that teaching isn't creative. Good teaching is creative. But uh, now I, I kind of have a free slate. I, I think I, I have a passion for what I do. And um, I'm really persistent. And uh, I'm committed to what I do. So, you know, maybe that's why I kind of have the blinders on when I'm teaching and I'm focused only on what I'm doing. But then I was always kind of concerned that I would never be able to do all of the things that I want to do in life. So I was glad that I was able to retire a little bit early and move to the beautiful Vancouver Island and just, yeah. And, and I, I really didn't know it was going to be music. I really did not know that I was going to spend time and energy on this but it's everything right now it's beautiful and i love the creativity and uh yeah i'm, I'm really enjoying it so you mentioned doing other things in life what other things do you want to do in life besides just music and you've you've obviously done teaching i think it's music for now <laughs> i mean we still we, we love to travel i would love to get back to roller skating <laughs> Ah, we're going to explore that later, <laughs> but, roller skating. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. 
no, I, I just think it's really important to to do as well as you can in what you're doing. And um, I, I mean, I love working on my ancestry. The the um, the genealogy stuff is infinite. You can continue to find out about your family forever because it's kind of an infinite tree. And uh, so there's there's tons and tons to do. I'm not bored. I mean, we have it pretty easy because the Catholic Church took care of all the details and writing down baptismals and marriages. And so every single French Canadian person is related to every single French Canadian person. And we're all cousins. And so you and I are cousins and Madonna is my cousin and Celine Dion is my cousin at some point. Oh, and Justin Trudeau is exactly my ninth cousin. Um, our parents, wow. my mom and his dad, <laughs> my mom and his dad are eighth cousins and so on. Well, it's funny because um, we're, Celine Dion is actually related to me through her father's line and through her mother's line. So um, in a way, one of us is inbred. I don't know who. <laughs> <laughs> so how far back before you get the tie to Celine? Oh, it's way up there. Uh, yeah. Ninth, tenth generation. That's a long so time ago, by the way. I'm not too worried. Yeah. So let's get to another song. You Promised Me. Tell us the backstory of You Promised Me. I think you promised me is about um, falling in love with somebody and you know with all the romantic time period at the beginning where people promise each other things and well you know it don't, doesn't always work out the way it was promised um, but the theme of this song has a lot of stars and moon and magic and so the idea of being um, struck with love and um and it questions why we can't have it all and you'll hear in the bridge uh, that we can't have it all we can't have both the splendid and the small or maybe we can or i think we can, we can. this is a kind of a sad song okay i think we can it's just this one's sad yeah okay well on that happy note you prom <laughs> you promise me Your moon dust settled in my eyes Your magic took me by surprise You said you'd move heaven and earth And I believed what I preferred You promised me Surprise 
that song is uh, about uh, romance also isn't it about uh, rose-colored glasses and and all of that good song like it yes that's a very good description rose-colored glasses yeah and it was filmed the the video was filmed out on the ocean here right the beach right close to where we live and um yeah the beautiful east coast of vancouver island yes yes that's right I have a question that I thought of while the song was playing. Being that we're living in a time where uh, shorter songs actually seem to do better in a streaming world as opposed to, you know, songs Mm -hmm. from 20, 30, 40 years ago where they were much longer. Do you write, when you write songs and you're crafting the final product, do you keep song length in mind or do you just let the song dictate how? I do. Oh, you do. Okay. Tell us about that. No, I, I definitely do. Yeah. Well, some of the first songs I wrote were more like four and a half minutes. Epic. And yes. And yep. that's too long. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when, maybe when I wrote these songs, it must have been, most of these songs were written probably about a year and a half ago or so. And at that time, three and a half minutes was probably about as, three and a half minutes was probably about as max as you'd want them to be. And they're all pretty close to three and a half minutes. (laughs) So they're, in fact, they're a bit long for now. I think uh, they prefer to have them under maybe three minutes now, but these are all, each one is a little bit more than three, maybe three and a half. When you write a song, um, do you find that you just eliminate a verse if it's too long or do you wordsmith it more to get it down? Um, how do you cut a song down if it's already too long? If I had to, well, I've cut songs out. Like I've cut maybe the second verse out if you'd have, if you have to, um, but I try to craft them so that they're, they're, they tell the whole story in a short amount of time if I can. Um, if I had a longer one, I do have some longer ones from before that I'll have to take uh, um, one of the verses out. So I'd probably stick with the first verse and the third verse and take the second verse out. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what I would that's what I would do in those cases anyways. So you you keep the strongest verses in the song is really the takeaway here. Yeah, I think because it, yeah, I think I think you usually open the song with the first verse, like the introduction, and then um, and then uh, yeah, you have you kind of make your point in the bridge. It's the big the big idea comes out in the bridge, and then the third or the last verse kind of usually closes or makes the the final sort of ending of the song. Right. So it, it is pretty. Yeah, it it would be. I think you would miss part of the story if you do that. So there's there's an there's an art to keeping it the right length without boring people, I guess. Yeah, new songwriters uh, struggle um, with that idea because they they feel like they have so much to say, and so uh, oftentimes it's a struggle mm-hmm. to keep a song that is marketable, uh, a marketable length. And right. Uh, what what I find interesting, you may find this interesting, and may have even observed it already, is that there is an amazing amount of hit songs that are just two verses, just two verses in a chorus. Mm-hmm. 
every now and again they'll start with the chorus, they'll do a verse, and then the chorus goes on, you know, a few times. Uh, maybe the yeah. most the most obvious famous one was from the '60s by Herman's Hermit. Uh, second verse, same as the first, and they just sing the same thing again, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that would go that would go really well in a streaming world too. It so, would, yeah, it would, yeah. And some some songs are kind of fun because I have a few songs that are the. Um, it's actually one of my hip hop songs. It's uh, called Poison. It's a really fun song. But the whole the chords are the same all the way through. So even if I can actually sing the verse and the chorus over on top of each other, and there's they're two different melodies, but they sound fine. And so you can actually take a song like that. That's if the chords are the same all the way through, whether you're seeing the verse or the chorus, you could do a whole bunch of really cool sort of yeah. lengthen it or shorten it. And Well, that's um, a very modern device yeah. in songwriting, using the same chords and just changing the melody. U2 mm -hmm. uh, uh, is famous for, for doing that. They come up with a repeatable pattern. They play that right. the whole song and just change their, yeah. lyric, their lyrics and their melody to differentiate between a verse and a chorus. So... Yeah, it lends right. itself to people learning songs fairly easily. Yeah, it's catchy. It's catchy, and, and they're going to get you with it because it's, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna, you're going to catch on that tune and just. That's true. Yeah. It's true. The, it's the music true. becomes the it's hook. It's catchy, yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So uh, earlier you mentioned something. I'm not going to let you get away from it. You mentioned your love of roller skating. <laughs> Tell us about your love of roller skating. I, I think people weren't expecting to hear that, but that's that's got to uh, be know. a fun story there. Well, okay, it, it actually it does come into introducing my "To the Limit" song a little bit. Um, I I when I was in middle school and early high school, I just loved roller skating. Oh my goodness, the roller disco! I was at the disco. Um, all the time and uh, I had been a ringette player hockey player whatever dancer and so roller skating was just it felt like flying through the air and just the music the disco everything was just so fun and uh, yeah so that was my sort of passion when I was in middle school um, and I see now that it's coming back with the traditional four-wheel roller skates, not the roller blades, but the actual roller skates. Everybody's on the boardwalks in California, and I just want to be out there with them, um, with my headphones and my beat, my beatbox on my shoulder, going for it. It feels wonderful. It feels like it really feels like you're flying. Like it just feels like it's a wonderful feeling. So I really enjoyed it. I actually ended up getting paid to model roller on roller skates like model clothes for department stores i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> uh well the first year that i moved from ottawa to vancouver um for the summer i i uh i roller skated in in downtown vancouver i guess and there was a an opportunity to apply for a job roller skating and uh, a bunch of us did shows in in department stores and modeled clothing um, yes spandex for sure and uh, we had this little 10 by 10 stage we actually had routines on this tiny little stage and uh, then we also spent the summer out on the um, just out skating around in Vancouver City and getting uh, advertising roller skating, um, I guess, rental places. So we were advertising as well. So we spent all our time outside playing pretty well and getting paid to roller skate. It was awesome. So did your clothes have the advertising on it? Or did you have to wear a, when we, of, a yeah, sandwich when we did, sign? Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no it, they were just t-shirts that had, uh, I can't even remember, they had the, the name of the... Uh, skating roller skating Rink. rental places on them um, but when the the clothing for department stores that was kind of fancy clothing that we that wasn't what we wore on the street but um, yeah it was great fun super fun 
Well, I'll bet everybody listening to this uh, podcast right now did not expect when they turned it on to listen that they would get uh, a retrospective of your life with roller skating, because that's uncommon. It's special. (laughs) It is. It is. So, okay. So you were a teacher. How long were you a teacher for? I was a teacher for a very long time. Um, I don't really know, 35, 40 years, maybe. Okay. Um, So I taught mostly high school math and calculus, mostly grades 10, 11, and 12 math and calculus. But I taught some French immersion social studies and some grade three and a whole bunch of other stuff along the way, but mostly high school math. And then um, I taught teachers too. So kind of graduated from teaching kids to teaching teachers at the university level. What led you to math? Oh, to math. Um, I don't know. Math was something that was hard for other people to understand, and it wasn't really that hard for me to understand. And I liked um, helping them understand it. So I think it's just, it happens to be math because, well, math is not really special, but it's kind of used as a gatekeeper. And a lot of people think they can't do it, but they can do it. They just have to be taught correctly. And so, you know, if some, if somebody doesn't understand, you teach it to them a certain way. And if you only have one way of teaching it to them or having them understand it, then they're not going to still understand it just because you said it the same thing louder that you need, they need a different way to understand it. So I spent it wasn't about math. It was about being able to explain uh, and see the light bulbs go off. And um, and ki- kids, I mean, I, when I was in grade two, I was tutoring grade one kids because they they needed help in math, and I was able to help them make sense of what they were learning. So that and that that's what you get hooked on is is the little light that goes off on the other person's eyes when they they finally get something that they didn't get before and uh yeah that's a rush (laughs) are any of the students that you've taught did they go on to some sort of profession that involved math oh yeah do you know well i don't know if you know shachi curl you might not know her she's on the news all the time she's the director of oh my goodness i'm not going to get it right um yeah i'll have to look that up maybe we can dub that in later (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's she's uh statistics basically she's a statistician and she's always on, on the news shachi i taught her math and social studies i think in uh, in richmond a million years ago a lot of the kids that i taught went on to engineering and medicine and and all of that the the trick is to have things for kids to do and respect who they are and and um there's always something that they can learn and do on their own if they're not, uh, if they need further enrichment, there's always um, projects and those kinds of things to do. So you're not always, just because you're the teacher, you're not always the, the smart one in the group, <laughs> especially when you teach calculus. You were the spark, right? You didn't have to spark, be the fire. Sparky. You were the spark. You got the flame going and everybody's better <laughs> off for it. So... So, so Shachi, I had to look her up on my phone. Okay. Shachi, Shachi works at the Angus Reed, the Angus Reed Institute. You know, Angus Reed, the polling people. Okay. Anyway, he's the president. He's the president of the Angus Reed Institute, which is all about polls, the, the polling that they do. And so she's always reporting on the news about trends and anyways. Uh, I happen to know a couple of the details that you can tell us about your life on uh, teaching. Tell us about the award you received in Canada for being a uh, standout teacher. I was outstanding in my field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> um, I guess that joke doesn't work if you don't have... That's just the punchline. So anyways, that's a, that was a bad joke. Bad delivery. Um, yes, yeah, so I... I am one of the Prime Minister's Awards for Teaching Excellence recipients. And uh, for the last maybe 15 or 17 years, every year the Prime Minister awards 10, 10 teachers across the country. It doesn't matter what they teach, what grade, um, as long as they're school teachers. 
um, they get, uh, there's 10 across the country. And then, then there's about 20 to 25 achievement awards as well. So there's 35 awards every year and 10 of them are the excellence awards. And um, yeah, one year I won that. It's really an honor. I mean, it's a huge honor because you've got your kids have to write letters and your colleagues have to write letters and their kids' parents have to write letters. And it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a huge honor. Um, were you and, aware uh, that they were writing all yeah. these letters or did it catch you completely by surprise? Yeah, I kind of got the end of it. No, I knew, <laughs> I knew about it, but I didn't think I was going to win. I, I don't think you really know you're going to win, but I mean, a, I was so involved. Like I was, I was putting on conferences for people. I was, I mean, I've written textbooks. I've, I've done so much stuff that I just think it was the breadth of the work that I did as well as, you know, being, having really lots of fun in the classroom with students. Uh, there was a lot of other connecting things. I worked on the curriculum. I worked at the government and I had also won another sort of British Columbia teaching award that year before. So kind of all ended up in one place in 2006. And there I was, surprised and happy. You have a history of excellence in math and teaching and in music also. So hip one hop. last, yeah, hip hop, that's it. We're going we're gonna to get down <laughs> with that later. One other thing about your career, you had quite an achievement in, what was it, 2010? What happened then? Mm, something very special <laughs> actually <laughs> um so in 2010 i got my doctorate's degree from university of calgary so i'm dr baron dr baron dr that's baron. like that sounds way more like a hip-hop name don't it, you think and it's legit too that's doctor. that's serious street doctor. cred yep. yeah it is so yeah so my my hub my hubby and i were both uh, we both graduated and um, at the same time we have different degrees because this was in leadership he was a principal and I was a curriculum leader so so they're in different fields but we graduated together on the same day it was the most romantic ever yeah who can say that <laughs> who can say that I mean, yeah, it was epic. Who starts out their married life going, dear, someday I want to graduate on the same stage, getting our doctorate together? Yes, honey. Yeah. Uh, yes, honey. Not likely. <laughs> no, it's not. not That's, it's worthy of note. It's, it's quite an accomplishment, yeah. uh, certainly for both of you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then, then we went to Hawaii. Then we taught at the University of Hawaii. So that was fun, Ooh. too. And now we're at this island. I know. It was beautiful there, but it's beautiful here too. Yes. So that brings us to the song, To the Limit. Tell us about To the Limit. That seems like it's kind of a, all ties in with this. Well, it kind of does. To the Limit is, um, it's a calculus concept. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny if you know calculus you know that limits are kind of important but it's also a nod to middle school kids and the passion that they love like they they all want to be bmx bike riders and or they want to be um i don't know what does the middle school kid want to be a gamer oh yeah i want to be a professional gamer or whatever whatever they want to do the passion that they have um this is a nod to a nod to them the middle school spirit um, and I encourage in this video and in this song, everyone to just go for it, um, take it to the limit, be brave, be courageous, step out and do what you love doing. Okay, this is To The Limit. Take it to the edge, to the good times up ahead. 
appropriate song to the limit very good song mm-hmm. yeah it's a fun one it's a it's a really positive one i think it's important to send good vibes and uh, i think that musicians can do that um and as a teacher i wanted to always be like the positive sort of beacon that kids could come to if they needed something they just needed to be sure that you were going to be in a good mood and um yeah i I just in always wanted to be there for them and so this song is kind of kind of a little bit of a tribute to that as well um you hear all the beautiful guitar i have to mention pete lesperance again and he's just such an amazing uh, that ukulele you can hear the ukulele ukulele um and ukulele and uh Harry Hess is the master. He did the mastering as well. So he's also from Harem Scarum, the the band. And uh, yeah, I just so appreciate these amazing people that helped me with this album. Well, that's something. So um, except for your collaboration with uh, the fellow in Germany, do you do much collaboration in writing on your other songs? Yeah, I have quite a few songs that are uh, collaborations. Um, sometimes um, somebody will listen to a song and, and make a recommendation. So I have a song called Surrender that was a little bit more of a ballad before, but it got remixed um, by Andy Nold in German, another German guy who's actually a DJ, and he remixed um, that song. So it's really boppy and fun and beautiful, and it's a good song in both ways. Um, before it was... Uh, sort of a pop song in in the pop version it's great as well Um, I've got a lady in Austria that I did some more folk world type music with 
lots of people that I collaborate. There's people in Nanaimo that I work with as well. They, I um, work with them with their songs. So and how do you find how do you find these see. people? Uh, most of the time, it's just either through SoundCloud, which is um, a music sort of uh, platform online. That mostly it's musicians actually that that. Uh, kind of connect on SoundCloud. Um, maybe we'll have like a draft version of something and we'll post it so other people can listen. And then of course there's Facebook and Facebook groups and um, where we we work together in collaborative sort of um, groups to to get to know each other. And <laughs> I just find it funny because my my music for the most part is, is uh, kind of folksy and singer-songwriter and yet I have a lot of collaborations that are um, like there's one that's a re reggaeton, a reggaeton, which is uh, reggae pop music. Um, it's kind of a Latin reggae, and um, the person that I worked with is from Sweden, and he's a prolific uh, music maker, and it's. Um, it's an amazing song and uh, mixed by somebody from Sweden. And uh, he just sent me his tracks and I put the vocals on top and wow. Yeah. It's so fun. Well, that's, so that's creative. not yeah. only impressive, it, it, that's really quite inspirational that you're able to, to find people across the world that uh, you can, you find commonality and you collaborate and produce music. That's, Really, that's an example for a lot of people in, in how things are done today. So good on you. Well, we're so lucky that we have um, the technology uh, that we can do that. I mean, if I had started music as a youngster, <laughs> even youngster makes me sound old. But as a younger person, if I had started uh, writing music back then, I, I mean, I would have my guitar and a piece of paper and... I wouldn't have access to um, the DAW that I have. You know, I use Logic Pro now that I started with GarageBand. And just the technology we have to connect with people, we, we may as well take take advantage of it and uh, share, share and learn from each other. And it's pretty cool. So uh, what's down the road for you now? That'll be a segue into the <laughs> next song. You get that? <laughs> But what's what's in the future for you down the road? I did. Ah, oh, down the road. Well, down the road is one of my favorite songs. In the future, I hope you play it. <laughs> um, in my future, um, I would hope to write many more songs like these. I just love them. I love the creative process. I love that, um, especially the first. The first few times of listening to a song uh, you just kind of do you fall in love with the songs and you, you want to hear them more and more and then you want to share them with the world and um, so I really hope that that these songs get out there and thanks to you Tim and the local open mic podcast and some of the media that I've been getting maybe more people will listen Maybe more people will follow me on Spotify or. Well, that's or our job here at Local Open Mic and... is to get you more fans. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to work on that because this it's it's uh, it, it's kind of nice to make music, but if nobody listens, then uh, I don't know why you did it. It's like having a Rembrandt in the basement. Yeah, I think that uh, more people are listening than you can figure out. Uh, in any yes, case, probably. so. Um, why don't we get to that song? Tell us about Down the Road, and we'll play that because you did write a song with that title. And then we've got a few other questions <laughs> and things. And then after that, we will get to that hip-hop song you won an award with. So tell us about All Down right. the Road. Well, Down the Road is a really important song to me because it, it, and I think it's my favorite in English and in French. Um, and it's about getting our bucket list done. And I think it's people of a certain age, like moi and you and other people. It's just because we're, you know, maybe it's near the end of our careers or it doesn't mean it's uh, it's over. <laughs> it means there's a lot more opportunity. Get get all the things you love done and keep 
keep um, keep on trucking, as they say. Um, it is kind of weird that time flies, and this is about um, time and how we wish we had sort of an infinite amount of time to accomplish all our dreams. Um, and there's a little bit of math in there as well, of course, uh, because time is continuous. So, you know, I have to do a little math lesson here. You do. So between it's the teacher point... in you. You can't help yourself. <laughs> so let's between, get, between let's get one right second. to the song. Oh, let's... no, no. You have to let me do the math. Okay, do the math. The math. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It won't be long. Okay, so between... See, it's about time, so it won't be long. So between one second and two seconds there's 1.5 seconds and between one and 1.5 there's 1.25 and between 1.25 anyways it's infinitely in between there's endless moments in between and it's about infinity and that's about calculus too but we won't get it okay i'm done let's play the song okay here we go with down the road <laughs> See the mountains rising up ahead And I linger on the words we left unsaid How I wish I had someone to share the load I guess I'll sort it all out down the road Down the road There'll always be promise down the road a place where I'll find solace I suppose but time it will keep racing so it goes I swear I'll make things better down the road there's a whisper now in the Montana and each mile I ride, my dreams are growing dim. And I wonder how I missed the message told. How I thought there'd be forever down the road, down the road. There'll always be a promise down the road, a place where but time it will keep racing so it goes I swear I'll make things better down the road and time it can't defy Well, down the road, 
You aren't kidding. That mm-hmm. is a down the road song. <laughs> Good song. I uh, I hear uh, echoes of uh, influence, whether you did it consciously or not, of John Denver. There's some elements there that I used to hear in John Denver's music quite a bit, and uh, even the lyrical styling, a little bit of it is. Uh, so very good, very good. Enjoyed that song. That's good. I'm trying to think of a John Denver one that that is like well, like it's that. it's not but, one specific yeah, I one. Yeah, I, I think I know. It's got a little bit of country Just, roads yeah. in it, although it's not very fast. It's got a little bit of uh, some of his. Yeah. I don't want to say melancholy songs. It's got a reflective. That's the better way to put it. Some of his reflective uh, music, yeah. and this has that that feel. It's. It's definitely folksy and, and is going to ring true with a lot of people. Well, that's a compliment. Thank you. Um, do, you hear, do you hear that the riffs in that, the guitar in that is just blows me away every time. I just love that song. I think, I mean, the song is great until, and then now Pete Lesperance in there with his guitars and, and then my, uh, my audio guy again, Denny, Denny two guy, he, he did that. I don't know if you hear heard, but when it's in between, you hear this song, the harmonies that I sing are in between and the right ear and then the left ear. And then the last one is in between. And so I love it when the theme of the song and the music um, kind of tell the same story. And if you're paying attention, it's kind of fun that way. Yes, it is. So let's, uh, let's get to some standard questions that I ask uh, all the guests. And this is okay. uh, something that uh, you might find interesting. Uh, what instruments do you play? Uh, mostly I play my vocal cords, my harmonies. Um, <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> I play guitar. Uh, you can see in the background. Well, you can't see because this is a podcast. But I have guitars in the background. And I have an ukulele. And I have a keyboard in front of me. And on the keyboard, you'll hear like in that last song, there was a, some synthesizer and that was me playing the keyboard. Okay. Um, and there'll be times when I play the drums. I don't have a proper drum set. So sometimes I use the keyboard for okay. uh, for percussion too. <laughs> but, so uh, uh, what, yeah, is the, bit... what is the brand of your guitar? The maker I have it. a... My old, old guitar from when I was 15 and I played on campfires in high school. That's a Ryoji Matsuoka. It's a Japanese handmade guitar. It's been, and then I also have a Martin guitar in okay. the background. Do you know what and model the Martin steel is? String. I do not. I should. However, I That's okay. Not. It's a Martin, right? It's going to sound I good. I can look it up for you. Yep. It sounds really good. Yeah. So, Sounds awesome. Um, and what brand is your keyboard? My keyboard, I can read it off. It's a Novation launch key. Oh, okay. So it's, it's a big a, old Novation, yeah. It's a keyboard controller. Very good. So you're fully integrated then, aren't you? I'm integrated for sure. You are integrated. It's great. Do you use any pedals when you play? I do. I have a TC, I have a TC Helicon pedal. It's the kind of the cream of the crop it, uh, for when I do gigs, then I can put, I don't have a band. And so I can put the backtracks in there and uh, okay. it'll, yeah. So it'll, it'll play through uh, the system in the venue. Um, it'll play the instruments that are my backup instruments and uh, I can record vocals in there. So harmonies if I want, and it does some harmony as well. But I don't use that part very much because I can, I can sing them myself and uh, pre-program them. So there you go. It's that's, kind of fun. That's good to know. When you play live, and you have to provide your own equipment, do you have a microphone in particular that you like to use live? Mm, I don't. I I usually I just have a pretty run-of-the-mill microphone. <laughs> I I could probably upgrade the microphone. Okay. okay. That's on the bucket list. There I guess I'll go. get That's, to that down the road. The, the, down the road. We keep going back to that. Take it to I the know. limit down the road. Get a new microphone. <laughs> you, know? you promised me. Yes. <laughs> there you go. We're visiting all these song titles again. <laughs> we did not plan this. Trust me, we didn't. People are going to want to know. Tell us about your award-winning song, Get Out. 
and we'll play that uh, as our last song for everybody to hear and go from there. Okay, well, it's another very cool story because I met uh, Gunnar Nanook, who is um, a hip-hop, German hip-hop artist. Um, he listened to actually some of my ballads and he enjoyed them and um, he, he, this was on SoundCloud. And uh, and so he said, let's do something together. And he, has, uh, he had a song that existed in German um, and he wanted it to be in English. So um, he asked me to perform it and it's partially spoken word and partially sung. And it's called Get Out and it encourages people to leave abusive relationships. Um, so what's cool about this person and me, we don't speak each other's languages at all. We, we um, communicate through email and using Google Translate. And yet we're best of friends. We have the same value systems. We believe in social justice. And the song is, you know, the song is something that's close to our hearts. And my, my master's degree is in child abuse prevention. So this was, for some reason, it was just kind of a match made in um, the internet, I guess. There you go. <laughs> and there we go. We, we ended up this cool song together. So very cool. Let's listen to it. This is the song that brought Lorraine Barron on the radar of a lot of people, including local open mic. It's called Get Out. Sometimes. Get out, get out, get out. Give it up! I gotta get out to get ahead. Get out, get out, get out. Sometimes. It feels there's only rain. Wonderful song. Very good song. Mm. And that is, that sounds like an award-winning song too. So uh, well done. And to have collaborated with somebody that didn't even speak the same language. That's, that's 
pretty uh, next level stuff, if you ask me. <laughs> so uh, very good. So super uh, fun. Lorraine, it has been a pleasure talking with you. How can your fans and fans of Local Open Mic follow you or get in touch with you? Well, probably the easiest way is just to go to my website, which is www.lorrainebaron.com. Two R's in Lorraine, one R in Baron. It's not it's not that complicated, but lorrainebaron.com. But you can follow me on Spotify, you can follow me on iTunes, you can follow me on Facebook, YouTube, any platform that you follow. I'm on there. Okay. Are you on Instagram also? I am. There you yes. go. Okay. And so Twitter we've, and, we've covered yeah. the important ones. You're on, uh, <laughs> I think so. You're on Facebook, you're on YouTube, you're on Instagram. And of course you're on local open mic. I'm on local open mic. <laughs> you gotta love the fans, right? <laughs> so Lorraine, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, we wish you all the best. We want to catch up with you in about a year as things are going. If you'll open that door for us when we uh, call back, answer the email. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I that's, will. that's a good answer. I like that. <laughs> I'll be here. Okay. So I'm going to close out and talk to the fans a little bit. Thanks so much, Tim. It's been a pleasure. And that was our interview with Lorraine Barron. This concludes another episode of Local Open Mic, the podcast. You can find Lorraine on all the normal social media, be it Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even SoundCloud. Be sure to look her up and buy some of her CDs to help her along. So, for Local Open Mic, I'm your host, Tim Heath. Remember, get on the stage, step up to that mic. The world is listening.